Well, hello. Passion Pod 57, if you please. Uh, And this one, I don't want to sound particularly painful, uh, but this one is actually quite a good one. I know. I mean, all of them, I love all the Passion Podders. I'm not going to lie. Like, that is actually a true fact. They are all special and dear to my heart. But this one is a corker. It's stuffed full of advice. If you are on a freelance path or trying to pursue your passion as your job, like, there's some goodies in here. And that's all thanks to the lovely Helen Zaltzman, podcaster supremo. Uh, So you can imagine... Slightly nervous about having that chat. Uh, But yeah, it's a really, really good one. If you're in need of some inspiration and encouragement, um, I couldn't recommend it more highly. Uh, Big fat thanks as well for downloading it, by the way. If you fancy giving it a cheeky share, then go for your life. And don't forget, if you subscribe on iTunes, you get all of these plonked into your podcast app without having to make any effort at all, which is win-win. Oh, and just a little heads up, uh, we did record this with a few people wandering by. So excuse the pounding footsteps. Some people are so heavy-footed. Uh, and other conversations that you might pick up around. Stay listening to ours, though. Definitely more exciting. Uh, Right, Helen Zaltzman time. You're listening to Passion Pod number 57 with Helen Zaltzman. Um, Helen, I'm slightly nervous because this is like cooking for a chef, (laughs) isn't it? It's like I'm interviewing on a podcast, a podcaster pro... This just is, yeah. Yeah, I know palm. everything. I know everything. Yeah. You should be terrified. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you describe yourself as a podcaster now, full I time. Do. Yes, full time. How How are you making that happen? That's amazing. <laughs> I make that happen. Magic. Due to, yeah, pretty much miracles happening uh, from America. Because <laughs> if it was just UK money, I couldn't make it work. Um. But uh, it's amazing because at the beginning of the, this year, I started a podcast for the Radiotopia Network, and they paid me to do it. Which is amazing. Yes, I'm getting paid to do whatever I want, which is a situation that is so good, it cannot last for very long, so I'm enjoying it to the max while I've got it. That's the positive attitude we'd love to hear. Um, So back us up a bit okay. go back in time when before birth, birth. before birth pre oh no yeah. don't want that bit mm. your poor parents I was um, nearly born into a toilet there you go oh darling yes narrowly avoided um, but you weren't doing podcasting forever because they haven't been invented no, forever exactly so what was your pre-podcast life tell me uh, my pre-podcast life was uh, similar to my podcast life in that I was doing lots of different things at once so I was freelance and so I was doing whatever I could find to do for work so I was doing a bit of radio writing and performing and uh, doing some comedy gigs, and uh, I was editing and proofreading books. Got a real range. Yes, lots of different things. As long as they were all things I could do on my own at home, then that was fine. So I was doing that for a few years, and I always wanted to uh, work in radio, and I just could not get a job. I've always been spectacularly bad at getting jobs. And um, But getting jobs in radio is spectacularly difficult, seems right? Seems that way. And yeah. there, but there's something that I put into job applications that is like job getting contraceptive. <laughs> I can never <laughs> even get an interview for something. Even as things like sub-editing that I would have been great at because I was highly qualified to be a sub-editor, just nothing. Um, and so um, you have to make your own fun. And uh, then uh, one day, I didn't know what podcasts were at this point, it was 2006, my friend uh, Ollie said, do you want to make a podcast? And I was like... Well, I can't think of a reason not to. So I said yes. And uh, here we are. Say thanks, Ollie, really. Yeah, thanks, Ollie. <laughs> Slash, you've ruined my life. Damn it. <laughs> I do wonder what I would be doing now with that podcast. This is a good question you've asked yourself. Yeah, I'm assuming my life would be a lot worse, but maybe it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> this is the time to do it, though, isn't it? Like, this is such an exciting time. And mm. you've been, you know, 
bashing these out for ages. Yeah. But now is a really, you know, it's good to have put in the groundwork because everyone's yes. at it now. Oh, it's great. It's great now because I no longer have to explain what it is that I do yeah. all the time. And uh, I really like the fact that um, a lot of the shows that have come out in recent years, it felt like the first uh, several years we were doing podcasting, if people started a podcast, it was often just like two friends and a microphone, which is kind of what Answer Me This is, but we made sure it had a format so that it wasn't just the two of us talking shit because we thought no one needs to listen to that. And I still think no one needs to listen to those two people talking shit into a microphone podcast. Um, except for this one. Uh, <laughs> I need the disclaimer. Yeah. And um, But it seems like the last few months, uh, a lot of the new podcasts have been really ambitious in scope. And I think that's exciting. Like, there's a lot of creative thought going into what the shows can be. Rather in than terms just, of content. Or yeah. Like, yeah, the content or the themes or the kind of people doing them. It was very tech-heavy uh, podcasting uh, in its first few years and very masculine there are a lot more women doing podcasts now including you <laughs> yay it's all very pleasing to me <laughs> yeah it's very pleasing and I, I love the developments that are happening um so your podcast answer me this you've been running that with ollie for how long uh since january 2007 so really done your time on the podcast <sighs> well done ladies Thanks. Some really hats off <laughs> and then you've got your own the illusionist which yes. started this year wasn't yes it? started this uh january um tell me in a nutshell illusionist so what's the general setup if people haven't heard it tell mm. me a sort of summary of what what it's about illusionist is um short shows usually 10 to 15 minutes about a linguistic thing so sometimes it's about the origin and usage of a word. Sometimes it's something a bit more general, like um, recently I learned about uh, emoji, um, which is a form that I personally use. Don't um, worry, you look like you're saying that in a, like you're blaspheming. It's okay. <laughs> we'll be thrown out of the building for mentioning that we don't use emojis. <laughs> you don't, Grandma. Why not? Um, um, and um, so it'll just be led by my curiosity, really. I'll think... I don't know about this linguistic thing and I'll research it a bit and if if it feels like there's a story there I'll carry on with it whereas if it's something that I know at the beginning how it's going to turn out I'm not that interested really or if I've heard loads of people talking about it I get lots of requests to do shows but they're shows that people have already heard on Radio 4 so I think well, what's the point of doing that like I have to learn something and then I have to be the conduit for the listener learning something well exactly because need. that sort of enthusiasm or yeah intrigue from you is going to be the thing that's you know catches people I guess yeah I think the purposes of it are roughly to take people's minds off their crappy commute or something which I think is pretty Everyone much the best use of podcasts <laughs> yeah. terrible journeys are made better by podcasts because it's distracting yeah so, that's such a good tagline there please yeah, yeah. that's a good one if, if I can make that better for people that is fine for my life's ambition for me and the other thing I think is to give people a couple of facts that they can drop at parties or whatever and so true it's like look really good at the pub quiz yeah yeah it's like suddenly, God, what's Emily been eating for breakfast? <laughs> what are these use of words she's using? Yeah, it's so it's not a correct usage podcast or something. It's just like, did you know? Did you know? And then you can re- churn that out to someone you're having a slightly uh, awkward Dry com- conversation. Yeah, it's like you're stuck with them by the fridge at a party and you don't know how to break it off. So, so those are the the two pronged ambitions, really. Uh, and I knew, I knew that this works when friends of mine started telling me facts or anecdotes they'd heard in Answer Me This. I was like, oh, right, so that's, that's what the service this show provides. So, but is that how so the idea sort of generated or start, set up, or was it just something that you've always been interested in? You've always been interested in language? Yeah, and, yeah. I've, always, I've always been really interested in that. From Well, not always, from, from the age of seven, I think, I started learning Latin and French, and I, that really fired up this interest in like, the connections of from history to the present-day English, and then... Um, 
I studied um, Old and Middle English for my degree and I, I really loved all the philological aspect of it. And, um, and linguistic questions come up quite often in Answer Me This, but we don't do loads of them because you don't want it just to be that, uh, why is a thing called a thing? Um, and um, so it's a real treat just to be able to get spend more time with a subject that I'm very interested in. It's a good excuse to have it. And so it's actually a, a great intellectual exercise for me and I can't pretend to have used my brain all that much since I left education. But it's so, and like lovely and indulgent. It feels like yeah. I'm even picking up that thing. It's like, oh, great. You get to kind of really sort of bathe in, or in yes. that sort of curiosity. How yeah. heavenly. Yeah, but it's been extraordinary because it's the first project that I've done that is just completely on my own. There's no one else working on it. Therefore, I have to make all the decisions, which is uh, it's terrifying in certain ways because most most projects you work on a collaborative, even in a tiny way, whereas this, I'm just like, oh, is my judgment good? Are all my ideas boring? <laughs> so having to display the contents of my brain to other people in that way was was pretty daunting for the first while. What do you, what do you think changed? How did that change? Like, how did you overcome that? Do you I think just had to time? <laughs> yeah, if you set the deadline, you know that you have to do another show on this date you can't really sit around going oh I'm terrified <laughs> indulge in yourself no. yeah it's no. like crack on and get on with it no exactly yeah and also I need to put them out then because the their responses and uh, they have timetables yeah so that's motivating as well <laughs> corporate stuff money yeah money is very motivating um, and people are like oh I'll do it for the love like yeah that works for a short time and then you're like, why am I doing this with my time? Yeah. <laughs> Stupid pursuit. And especially because podcasting, you know, I know it takes a lot mm. of time. Yes. And actually, you know, the editing and all the back stuff of yes. it, you know. It, Terrible like, hobby. Yeah. Terrible. Don't get into it. <laughs> um, so now it's hosted with, is it Radiotopia? Yes. Yeah. It's a, it, I started it for Radiotopia. So that was also quite scary because when we started Answer Me This, there was no one listening and um, people discovered it gradually, so it had time to get better in relative privacy. Whereas The Illusionist, I didn't really want them to be listening for the first several episodes, but I knew that they would be. And it took a while for the show to find its feet. So I was like, yeah, I know that you don't like this about it. I don't like it either, but I just don't know yet what else I'm going to do with it. Just just go away and come back in six months, and then, uh, then you'll probably like it. Then I'll be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess that's the nature of it with anything like this, as you say, that creative element of it. You know, the more you're making it, the more you're learning, the more yes. it's going to be shaped. And, you know, something like podcasting, it's out there, so people are going to yeah. react and give feedback, and especially now you've got sponsors, as you say. There's a, there's a different sort of element of feedback or construction to it, I imagine, I, in a good and bad way. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean to moan, because the situation is overall amazing. And... Um, I'm extremely lucky, but uh, these things were playing on my mind a lot uh, earlier in the year. So I hadn't had that level of professional lack of confidence before, but also I don't think I've had that level of joy from a job before. Mm. It's just, uh, I'm, I just feel like I'm really in love with it, which I haven't felt about a job because jobs are jobs. <laughs> You're not supposed to love them. You're supposed to do them. But that's amazing. What, it, because it's your totally your own thing, yeah. do you think? Yes. Yeah. And you're being paid for it. And I'm being paid. Yeah. The dr it's basically the dream combo, lady. Yeah. Well, I couldn't have done it if I wasn't getting paid because I was already doing Answer Me This and that does earn money, but not enough to live on. So I couldn't justify spending more of my time making a show for free. That would have taken up all of my time and I wouldn't have been able to earn enough money to live. Never good. No. But so, so, so when you started Answer Me This, how were you sort of supporting yourself? If you don't mind me asking. You doing other jobs because it wasn't it wasn't yeah. enough to make a living. No, it took several years for Answer Me This to bring in uh, enough money to pay for the time we spent doing it. So at the time, I was doing various things. I was doing a bit of writing for radio, like the Now Show, and occasional bits of performance. And um, I was freelancing in publishing, so I was doing like um, proofreading and copy editing books. 
and for about a year of doing Answer Me This, jobs came in off the back of Answer Me This. Right, okay. So radio jobs did come in as a result of doing Answer Me This. And so brilliant yeah. that must have been. Was that quite a satisfying moment? Yeah, it was really great. It really felt like it was um, creating opportunities. But also you do have to create those opportunities yourselves. You, you have to write to people and go, look, I'm doing this thing. This is why you should be interested in it and in me. And I find that really difficult to do. And Ollie is very good at that. He doesn't feel those kind of barriers that I think uh, a lot of us are too shy to overcome. And so I learned a lot just by watching him uh, exhibit chutzpah. <laughs> can you do it for me too, please? Yeah, well, I've learned in the end. It's, it's now I can feign the behaviour of an extrovert, but really I'm very shy and I like being on my own most of the time. <laughs> but, uh, so it's people... double extra push. Yeah, exactly. But people are like, oh, she's so outgoing. No. Yeah. Um, so what have been the most challenging things, do you reckon, with uh, sort of choosing this path or finding yourself on a path like this? Yes. Uh, I suppose technically it was a choice, even though it felt like the absence of other choices <laughs> landed me on this path. So the challenging things were, for a long time, this medium was pretty obscure and it's had a lot of more visibility in the last few months and that means people think it's valid. And particularly in America, it is a valid business, but in Britain... TBC. Is, yeah, exactly. It's yet to catch up. So for a lot of years, it was like, is this a stupid and pointless thing to be doing? Even though there was the feeling that it was pointful because the audience was growing all the time and the exposure and the recognition and stuff like that. Um, and just thinking, I'm wasting so much time. I've I've frittered away all of my 20s and at this point half of my 30s as well. What was that all for? Um, and not knowing whether I was going in the right direction or not. Because when you're working outside of hierarchies, there's not a structure there to confirm to you that you are doing the right things. And uh, I didn't feel like I was the best person to confirm to myself <laughs> these matters. So generally, I still felt like this was the right thing for me. Again, not complaining because I love being self-employed and being able to determine what I'm doing. But there was a lot of fear and also the constant financial stress just all the time. Um, now that this year I've got a regular income, I've realised just how much that, that was wearing me down. And you don't realise until that happens. I don't think one doesn't. And then, as you mm. say, when that shift happens, you're like, God, I was carrying a bloody lot yeah. with that. Yeah, because it had always been like that ever since I graduated. And there were just so many times where I couldn't afford to fill my Oyster card and stuff like that. And I was like, God, I'm, I'm too old not to be able to afford to travel in the city that I live in. And you watch all your like a lot of your friends yeah. doing different stuff. Buying like houses. <laughs> okay, and... guys, just chill out, <laughs> will you please? Yeah, what, you can just buy a piano, can you? Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Got a pension, have you? <laughs> I know. Sick pay. Who'd want that? Yeah. Oh, paid holiday, imagine. It's the shift, isn't it? Mm. I think it's, it's, yeah, I hate to say it, but as one gets older, it's the shift of all that stuff and those things you do, you suddenly become more aware of them or the lack of them being there. Yeah, I, it wasn't that I wanted loads of money. I just wanted enough that I didn't have to worry about it all the time. Because now that I'm not, it means I can worry about my actual work getting yeah. better instead, rather than just how am I going to get by. And so that has been a huge change for me this year. Just thinking, right, how can I be better at what I'm doing? rather than just to do more of what I'm doing in order to earn more. Totally. It's like, you know, people who run small businesses so often say, you know, got to work on your business, not in it. But it is right. kind of like the same sort of thing. It's like to be able to work on the creative, the thing that you're creating rather than the admin of it yes. and the chasing up of people and yeah, the finding a way. by, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, I'm, the main thing that I'm doing here is the thing that I'm not spending time on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's the most important thing. And therefore, why is it actually the content that seems to be deprioritised all the time? So now I'm just, th there's a, a different failure that is uh, gnawing at my mind. Which Hello, is just, welcome. Yeah, yeah, great to see you. <laughs> is it just the best that I can do is actually not that good? 
So that's that's my new friend. <laughs> Literally. Rather than just, will I get evicted? <laughs> it's like, when will these things end? Never, probably. Yeah. I will be saying this till we're sort yeah. of 85. I, I didn't realise what a neurotic person I must be until I started doing this show. Yeah. Which is terrible. Like, I was having anxiety dreams about The Illusionist three months before I started oh, doing it. It's so weird, isn't it? It is when it's such a bloody great show. Oh, one, oh, yeah, okay, sorry. But true, and when it's not yourself, it's so easy to see. But when it's yourself, <laughs> it's like, oh no, it's a pile of crap. Why would anyone want to listen to it ever? Yeah, well, I don't think it's a pile of crap. Like, oh, what if the best I can do is 7 out of 10? That's annoying. I just always want it to be better, but I, I don't know. I don't have all the ideas. And also, it seems it's a formula that's working. I mean, you know, where yeah. you are now, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you've got to just take that and just, yeah, shut yeah. the noise in the head. Yeah. I got a tweet from someone after I'd done about 13 episodes, um, and it was a compliment. But he was like, she's uh, still got enough ideas. I was like, there are only 13 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> several hundred thousand words in the English language that I could make episodes about and he was like oh, I know I know I know and I was like when I started it I didn't know what the first episode was going to be until the week before I put it out but I knew what the Christmas episode of this year will be and I knew that I could make at least 50 episodes of it and I think when you're starting a podcast so many people really focus on the first episode and they pour everything into it and they're like oh make another one Jesus and they've used everything up and I was like the first one was not that important to me but it's important to me to know that I can do hundreds but also for you to like be able to map it out like that I think that's really interesting because the the regularity of podcasts is that is a really important thing you know podcast Mm. listeners expect it whether it's once a month once a week whatever your vibe is they are such needy buggers (laughs) but you know that is such a crucial thing yeah I think if you're a listener if you start to like something you want to know that you can have more of that thing you like and therefore you want to know when it is. And, and I find myself, um, if a show comes out irregularly, I don't form the habit, even though generally with shows, I s- still stockpile them and listen to five at a time. So it makes no sense, really, that if they're coming out uh, once every three months or so, that I feel differently to if it's you know, a regular schedule. It doesn't make any difference. I'm exactly yet, the same. And yet, I just don't form that habit. <laughs> and yet, I'm busting my balls to get them out regularly. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. It's a terrible hobby. <laughs> Terrible. Don't do it, people. Um, So I've started this new thing. If you're setting off on a day and you've got a bag with you, Mm -hmm. you can take three things in it. Okay. Are there are there any default things like in Desert Island Discs, the Bible, and Shakespeare? Do you get like definitely to take your phone or your keys? Yeah. So the three things I've said are a thing. So that's general. But it was technology, and everyone said their phone. I was like, oh, bore off. So yeah, let's count. That's good chat. So let's have phone as as you're given and your keys. Phone key, oyster cards. Fine. You can get around anywhere. Or maybe because it's because it's a Mary Poppins bag, you can get around however you want jetpack oh, wow yeah uh, well I currently have to take everywhere a spare battery and charge it for my phone because the battery life is so shit that's boring technology no you're not allowed that one okay okay so these are the three thing yeah um, an inspiration Ooh. like something that's inspiration so like I don't know book film per- uh-huh. whatever uh-huh. and then a person and they can be alive or dead person. but basically the three things that you feel really help you on your podcasting quest okay so the thing I still think of technology the thing would be uh, the dictionary app because just all the time I go out, I'm like, where does that word come from? And I'll look it up and I'm like, oh, it could be a story there. So I have this huge list of stories. Um, so I'll, I'll jot down every thought I have because then I'll forget it immediately. And then months later, I'll come back to it going, okay, good. Because now that my brain is empty, I need these uh, relics of the past. So my thing would be the dictionary.com app coupled with my notes app. Perfect. That's, that's that is good. Dull. No, that's a good one. It also makes sense, my darling, yeah. based on your podcast. Let's yeah. just, you know, I'll give you that one. Yeah. And the Perfect. In, and this is going to sound cheesy. The inspiration is other people's podcasts, listening to stuff that is nothing like what I could make. And being part of Radiotopia, 
they are all amazing producers, which I'm not. I'm self-taught. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have that kind of audio imagination that they have to create this beautiful textured soundscape thing. I have none of that. Um, and I don't think I can emulate it either. I think I can only hope to do what, Your what comes to my mind. Yeah, exactly. But I love listening to it and I love listening to things that are really different. I don't listen to any linguistic shows and I don't listen to any comedy shows. Uh, because That's really interesting. Is it? Yeah, well, just because, like, not in the terms, because I think it's dangerous because one can com- you could compare yourself and that's just crap. But I just quite like the idea of you sort of listening to, you know, I don't know, something completely different, like, I don't know, some science podcast, yeah. something like that. Well, I want to escape from my own mind. Um, Which is what podcasts are brilliant at. They are brilliant. And uh, with not listening to linguistic shows, I know I'd learn a lot from them, but the danger is that I would plagiarise them. and Without realising as well. Yeah. Whereas I feel if it's accidental, then that is okay. That's a coincidence. So I'm actually very badly informed about the subject that my show is about. No, but then again, it comes back to that whole thing without wanting to over egg in a pudding. But that comes back to the whole thing of, you know, you're creating something that's your thing. And actually, if you start getting too much influence, obviously it's yeah. important on anything, but it's like that's what sets it different, surely. Yeah, exactly. I found that ignorance and my own limitations have been very useful tools. <laughs> so now I can pretend that's a shtick rather than failure. Because um, also, I'm really bad for... I leave everything till the last minute till the deadlines. Do you? And, yeah, and I think... And I realised uh, a few weeks ago, actually, this is a strength. You can sell this as a strength because um, when you have to make a lot of creative decisions, you can really fry your own mind. Whereas uh, if you don't have time to consider what they all are, you just like write that one. Yeah, that's so true. Bam. It's last minute panic. So actually, you're just saving yourself a lot of time. Maybe that's what I need to tweet to. I'm hopeless at that. That's such a good shout. I'd yeah. be like, yep, okay, don't ask me to make any decision until one minute before and then I'll yeah. have to give you an answer. Exactly, and the answer will probably be as good as the other ones would be. So true, yeah. gut reaction. It's like you often go back to the first thing you thought of when you'd been choosing things. So, um, yeah, I'd, let's say that's a technique. Cheers for that, Pearl, my darling. Yeah, I should uh, start doing live <laughs> yeah. coaching. Yeah, in the wrong gig. Yeah. Um, okay, amazing. Um, and so, and person. Oh, my person. Or people you can have. Okay. If uh, that helps. Well, um, oh, this is going to sound cheesy again. I think my husband is the only person that will tolerate me bouncing ideas off him. That's great. Um, you do that with him. Yeah, we do that with each other because he's creative as well. He's an academic, um, but he's also a musician. He does lots of weird projects. And like a couple of years ago, he just out of nowhere taught himself how to green screen in our living room. I was like, what? How, does it, how do you even know that you can teach yourself how to green screen and do back projection and stuff? It's just. I want to come round for tea. Yeah. This is amazing. It's it's extraordinary to me that his mind works that way. How inspiring. And um and also because I'm on my own most most of the time, he's often the only person I'll speak to all week. Um so I'll bounce an idea off him and try and develop it. Um and I really wish that I got to spend more time with the other people in Radiotopia because they're all in the US and I'm the only one who's in Britain. And on the rare occasions that we've been together, it's just so delightful to have colleagues because that is familiar to probably most people listening, but but not to me as a lone freelancer for all this time. And and yeah, we're all having a similar experience and yet in a very different way because our shows are pretty different to each other. And um, so it's just a real treat. And to talk about work with people, because there are so few podcasters in Britain still. I'm like, oh, I just want to talk business. Um, so if you were to give someone a bit of advice, mm-hmm. it's a boring question, but like, no. you know, or what bit, what bit of advice you wish you'd been given? I have no regrets about not being given bits of advice, because it's useful finding out these things for yourself. Um, I just really want people to give stuff a go. I think there are so many reasons you can set up for yourself not trying a creative project. But 
with most of them, really what's the worst that can happen? And then, if you do try it and it's, you're just annoyed by your own inability to do it to the standard that in your brain you could do it, just persevere and keep doing it. Like, your own failure to do it is fairly irrelevant. No one has to see. Um, but just keep trying to do the thing you want to do and, and be open to it turning into something you weren't necessarily expecting. Like, I wasn't necessarily expecting my career to be what it is now, but I'm really happy that it is. And it's much better than what I could have expected. But it was only because... I didn't have a very didactic idea of what I wanted and that allowed other other things to creep in and be like, oh, you know what, that is actually something I really like doing. So I'm going to carry on doing it. You've been listening to Passion Pod 57 with Helen Zaltzman. Well, that was a bit of all right, wasn't it? Thank you so much, Helen, uh, for joining me for Passion Pod number 57. A right old treat, that one. I'm sure you'll agree. If you want more from where that came from, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Find us on there, Passion Pods, or we're also on Twitter and Facebook, and surprisingly, under Passion Pods. It's not rocket science, peeps. Come on. So next week, what have we got coming up for you? We are chatting to Ali Dowling, actress, star of BBC One's The Musketeers, as well as other things, by the way. That's not the only string to her bow. So we'll look forward to catching up with that little natter.